Welcome back to another episode of Keeping It Relevant, where we look at the Torah and take away life lessons that can change our life every day. Okay, today is March 17th. Okay, we're doing the whole Haggadah. It's all, it's all extension of Joel. The book of Joel, it's right there. Joel chapter 2, he says, Everyone, called Dichman, Come on, y'all. Come and join us. Seder with me. You'll get your Manashevitz wine with a little bit of Manashevitz Hadar Matzah. With, of course, the borscht. So if we don't go anywhere without the borscht and sour cream. Second, you can get your borscht and your prune juice, and you go nuts. Anyways, moving on. Okay, so we got up to Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu. So we're talking about the access points. The access points of Chuv Me'ava, we're talking about the Seder. And we're connecting the two. Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu, we thank Hashem. Baruch HaMakam, why do we use the name Makom? That's right. If you don't make the space to have a personal development seminar, guess what? It ain't happening. It ain't happening. So therefore, we, we mamish go about, we change around our environment, we set up this conversation, and if you really get into the conversation, you can, you can really be up a whole night. How long was your Seder last night? And the Epstein's always win. Moving on. Baruch HaMakam Baruch Hu. Baruch Shenosan So now, we're up to access point number what? Seven. Seven. We explained that the only way for the Jewish people to actually be free, it's not about being free from something, it's about having a mission towards something. So now we thank Hashem that you didn't just take us out of Mitzrayim, but Baruch Shenosan Thank you Hashem for not only giving us a mission, but you gave us instructions. A lot of Jewish people like to talk about tikkun alam. Tikkun alam. It's all about the heart and tikkun alam. But how do you actually access tikkun alam? You have to follow the Torah. Ah, no. Tikkun alam. So therefore, says Baruch HaMakam, thank you Hashem. For thank Hashem that not only did you take us out of Mitzrayim, but you gave us instructions. That's why we mentioned the Torah at this point. Because the Torah, page 6, enables us to succeed in our mission. So exploring the state of story, the story of our one purpose as a nation helps us realize just how valuable the Torah is to us. When you start to realize most nations out there, they really kind of get stale after a while because they don't really have a Torah that's alive. It's not a Torah Shaim. So as we're thanking Hashem for bringing us out and making us a nation, we're also thanking Hashem like, thank you for actually telling us what to do. Because what else are we going to do? If we don't actually have instructions, we don't know how to actually access this thing called the Jewish people. Most nations don't have an instruction guide. They have no way, they don't know what to do with it. Okay, now, that's access number two. Seven is the Torah. We, at this point in that, it's the Torah. Meaning, you want to have tshuva me'ava, you have to learn Torah. It is not enough to just work on yourself if you're not learning Torah. It's, it, then it's just this regular personal development. You have to be someone who is learning the Torah that is involved in your tshuva process. So the access point is the Torah. What does that actually mean? That means for every issue under the sun that you will, have, that you will face in your life, there is a Torah 
that discusses that particular issue. So I don't mean Torah in a general sense. I mean you need to find out the Torah that you need for your root neshama challenge. Yeah, so if you have, for example, an issue and you go to speak it over with someone who knows, who's a very good big expert in knowing how to deal with those types of issues, and they're giving you a conversation of instruction, that's, that's another way, that's a beautiful way of following the Torah. But I don't just mean you wake up every morning and you learn Torah. That's a beautiful thing. We're not talking about that. We mean that if you want to have truth me'ava, you need to ask yourself, the issue that I'm struggling with, what is the, where is the place, which part of the Torah talks about that issue? In the Haggadah, we're thanking Hashem, not for just taking us out and saying, guys, you're the Jewish people, do tikkun olam. <laughs> like the reform movement says tikkun olam. We're not, no. It's like, let me give you the instructions how to really do this. You ever have a job where they just hired you and they just like, you just show up and you have no idea what to do? Yes. And then you have like that one person who's actually like, okay, let me tell you how to, do, how to run, let me tell you what to do. Yes. Imagine, imagine you're, you, you have to work for Maud and Lissimcha, let's just say, hypothetically. And you have to figure out, what, where do I go now? Ever happen? No? Oh, there's all hypothetical. Okay, just imagine, you've had a job? Have you had a job or you've been asked to come to someone's house to help but you don't know what to do? Hashem didn't just build a nation called Am Yisrael. He gave us instructions so that we actually can access our mission. I'm using that also in, 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 in Tshuv Me'ava. If you want to do Tshuv Me'ava, you've got to figure out the Torah that's going to work with the area of your life. So for example, someone has an issue with appreciating Shabbos. They just don't, they don't appreciate it. They, what they, they look at Shabbos and they just see shluf. It's so long, the summertime, right? Right, so they're struggling with it. They might be going through the motions of getting under the covers and reading a book and being out cold. Great job. Do they keep Shabbos? Technically speaking. But do they keep Shabbos? So for them, they need to learn what is it going to wake them up to enjoy and to experience the goodness of Shabbos. They need to find the Torah that's going to do that. Throw out another issue. Procrastination, Dr. Shmugelegli. What's your name? Shmugelbooger Ellie. Procrastination. That was what's on the video. Watch the video Procrastination by Dr. Shmugelegli. Now, how you deal with, but where in the Torah does it talk about procrastination? So there's a chapter in the Sefer Masil Sisharim that's called the, it's all about Zrizos. Zeal. Zealousness. I'm doing zeal. Mm. Anyways. Right? You read it and you learn about it and that, that might speak to you. It might not speak to you so you have to find another area where it talks about that. So that's why Chuv you have to find the Torah that deals with your particular issue. Okay, access. Let's keep on going. So now we're up to Arbabunim. Arbabunim. We have the Arbabunim. Okay, you with me? You have the Chacham, the Rasha, the time, the any daily show. What? Why is this the next step of the Haggadah? Zuck the Heiliger of Leichter. It's on page seven. You got it. You have page seven. A personal Torah. Is it Hashem's plan that some of us will succeed in our mission while some just won't? Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Zuck Rev Leichter. The longer answer is that we need to clear up a certain misconception. The misconception. Are you ready for the misconception? It says as follows. 
The Torah measures success on some great objective yardstick. It's not true. Hashem doesn't compare. He doesn't lump us together under the cookie-cutter ideals. We're not just all under this cookie-cutter ideals. How does He measure our success? He looks at the full picture that makes up each individual Jew. Our personalities, our upbringings, our circumstances, our level of knowledge, our strengths, our weaknesses. And then He asks us one thing. Do the best that you can with all of your background. I was speaking to a friend the other day, and um, he mentioned a conversation that he had with his brother. I said, that's so interesting. I actually know your brother. He's like, you do? I said, yeah, you guys are kind of like, you kind of look alike, you're kind of similar. He's like, I never talked to my brother. I'm like, okay. He's like, uh, how often do you talk to your brother? Every five minutes. I'm like... He's calling me right now. Uh, <laughs> ignore. I don't really. Whatever. Like, kind of like on the hour, you know. Yeah. So that ha happens to be randomly calling, right? So I'm like, it's so interesting. So I'm immediately like judging him. I'm like, why don't you talk to your brother? No, I. I was like, so, what's the story? I have time. Anyways, I don't know the whole story. I didn't get it all. Yeah, I'll let y'all. I'll, I'll play for back for you when I get it. But the point is, there's a story. There's a story behind why he doesn't talk to his brother, even though his brother looks like him, he's just a few years older than him, Gesundheit. And his brother, and his brother is actually in a similar field than he is. And it's like, guys, you guys, it would be cool if you talked to each other. And they're in different countries. <laughs> they're, like, they're in different countries, okay? So I don't know. I don't know the story. But the point is, people have different circumstances. So you can't judge anyone based on that. The next step, the point is, thank you Hashem for giving us the Torah, but thank you Hashem for understanding that for the mission to be accomplished, it's not a cookie-cutter mission. Every single individual is going to build the mission based on their kochos, based on their strengths, based on their circumstances, based on their upbringings, and based on who they are. Isn't that cool? So these are not just instructions in a general book. These are custom-tailored. Hashem talks to each and every individual. We don't sanctify Hashem's name in this rule by measuring up to others. We do it by taking just another step in our own unique Torah journeys. What do we call that in this, in this class? Your yid. That's right. It's right here in the Haggadah. And it shows up everywhere. Isn't that cool? Did you ever look at the Arba Banim that way? Don't sanctify Hashem by measuring up to others. We do it by taking just another step in our own unique Torah journeys. Reading about the four sons gives us an idea, gives us an opportunity to watch this idea in action. The Torah speaks to four different types of Jews, completely different. It communicates with each son on their level, outlining a unique challenge and goal for each. Everyone on their own level. Let's talk about the Chacham. I like it a lot. You like it a lot? What do you like about it? Woo! Okay, we're going to quote that. It's not you against the world. It's you against you. Right. It's bringing out your... It's like becoming an expert. Focusing on who you are and how you can become the best that you can be. Because that's your instructions and that's your mission. And first of all, uh, number one is that when you find your tikkun... First of all, your yield. Let's say my yield is to... Make Torah, let's make it relevant. Let's just say. Makes her relevant. Right? So you can do that for 60 girls, but then you can then take it to a new level where it's open to the whole world. Oh, yeah. For example, 
you create a podcast and all of a sudden you've taken your yid and you shined it forth all the way to Africa. So there's no end to how. Tikkun also, you can master your tikkun, but then maybe you can start helping other people master that tikkun. And then maybe you learn about a new area of tikkun. It's not a tikkun that your neshama, your neshama only has one for its whole life. It could be that it has different layers of one or it has new ones as you open up that door. And what's behind the next door? on brand new. Midorah. Yeah. There you go. Okay, moving on. Now, let's go through each one and we'll see their, their challenge and their goal. Let's talk about the Chacham. The Chacham is very... Let's talk about the challenge of the Chacham. Who's the Chacham? That's the personality who is very enthusiastic about learning, about knowing, about getting things right. He wants to get every single mitzvah right. But there is a challenge that an intellectual can have. And that is, you might know one of those. They're very intellectual, but they don't... They're so busy with the technical details that they're actually not enjoying the experience. You know what I'm talking about? They can get so busy with the halachas of the carbon Pesach and the matzah, you have to eat this amount of matzah, but they're a nervous chaleria. That's Yiddish for a nervous wreck. My mother made up that word. No, 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 it was a combo. Also, that's where it comes from. Your mother makes up words. My mother makes up words. Yes, 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 exactly. Okay, moving on. So you hear that? So a challenge of an intellectual is they get so deep into the thoughts and the technicalities that they don't enjoy the experience. So we tell the Chacham, you know what you need to do? You need to enjoy. It says, What does that mean? Make sure that you are letting the taste of the Afikomen in your mouth. You're leaving room for its message to touch you. Sometimes the problem of intellectuals, they don't have emotions. So for a Chacham, his Torah, his Tikkun, her Tikkun, is to be emotional. Have you ever met like a very brainy type of person? Yes. And like you tell them a story about like, and they're just not engaged because they don't get it. They don't want to hear your story. Now we move on to the Russia. It's not the cigarette. It's not the spiked here. If we ignore the illustration, and just read that God's word. The problem becomes clear. What do the Russia say? Maha avoda hazos What is this avoda to you? He separates himself from the rest of the community. The Russia can even be someone who keeps halacha impeccably. He might be extremely learned. His problem is that he likes to do it on his own. He thinks he can actualize himself without being dependent on the rest of the people. So, yeah, we always have this picture of the Russia. That's the kid off the derech. He comes in the ripped jeans, you know. They were, he didn't rip them. He bought them ripped. You know what I'm talking about? Those jeans, you know what I mean? It's like, it has like, it's like, Really? They come that way? Yeah, they come that way. Like, they pay more money for the rip? Yeah, see what I'm talking about? It has the patches all the way down. No, that's not the Russia. The Russia could be someone who keeps Allah 100%, but they live on their own. They don't, they like feel like they're just, they can't connect with community. Because it, the whole concept of Yiddishkeit is that there, you have to be part of Klai Yisrael. There's got to be, you don't, you don't live on an island on your own. There was once a woman who said to me that she's learning Kabbalah. She wasn't from. And she's like, oh my gosh, Rabbi, you're going to love him. You're going to love him. I'm like, okay, send me a clip. So she sends me a clip. I, I watched like two minutes. 
he's in the mountains of Montana, you know, and he sits there and like he's, you know, reading Kabbalah. I'm like, really? And then I Google, like, yeah, he has this, his own little house on top of a mountain. I'm like, I, I don't know who he is. I can tell you right off the bat, he is, whatever this guy is, he ain't, he ain't the real deal. No, that's not, that's not the way Klyosar works. Now, that's an extreme. But on a personal level, we might have issues with the community that we live in. So guess what? Find a community that's going to work for you or learn to tolerate the community. But don't just live on your own little block and not have anyone near you and that you big problem. It's a big problem, it, but it goes both ways. Sometimes the person needs to work on, 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 on learning about the other community. And sometimes, you're right, the community became a... Uh, what do you call it? A click? A click? Is that called? Clicky? Yeah. They have a very clicky, clicky, and if you haven't gone, if you're not like dressed like the click, or you're part of the click, you're clicked out. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so that's exactly the point. That's, that's where we need to, that's right. So it needs to work on both ends. Okay, now we move on. The simple son. The simple son, what did it say? He's like, what is going on over here? The Tom is very simple. Don't give me all these long explanations. Just give me the basic story. The simple son isn't such an intellectual heavyweight. He's not cut out for all these deep concepts. But that doesn't mean his growth is any less important or his achievement any less precious to Hashem. So how do we help him, him grow on his level? We tell him the story in a simple way. Some Yidin, they just they don't need all the... They just want to hear the simple stories. Like... Sometimes we're so used to like giving like all these like really deep concepts that like they just want to know like why do you like candles? Why do you eat two kalas? You know, and they just want to know the basic story. Okay, moving on. The fourth son. The fourth son of the Eniyodelisho. Why isn't this son asking anything? Because he's tuned out. He isn't interested in the Seder. He doesn't see why the history lesson is very relevant. So we have to like explain to him that we're not just talking about the past, but we're living, we're trying to live in a better present. We're not commemorating some old story. We're arming ourselves with the tools to take our own place in that history. Hashem didn't just free our people so we could live the easy life, but He redeemed us with a mission. When you and I live by the Torah today, we're doing something just as important as our ancestors did when they accepted the Torah. So this is... Interesting. A kid who doesn't, it doesn't find this interesting. Imagine being a teacher and you have students who are just not interested in what you have to teach. Can you imagine that? That's right. You're on a roll today, Ed. Right? So what do you do? Or you have a friend that you see, the more older they get, the more checked out they are. They're not interested in this. What do you do about that? You feel they're not really interested. No, it's probably not. They're just not engaged. They're just not engaged. What do you do? Like, how are you going to talk to them in a way that is going to make them, not make them, but like that they'll be interested? Oh, it depends on the person. 100% does depend on the person. But you have to realize that that is a, that is a chalik of Klai How big is that portion of Klai today who feels that it's like Yiddishkeit is not, they're not even interested in asking. And I'll give you an example. It used to be back in the day when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. I mean the 80s. Anyways, no, the Baal Tshuva movement 
The Baal Tshuva movement, well, what was the Baal Tshuva movement? It was Reb Noach Weinberg with all these backpackers who were very interested in the world. Like they had all these questions about seeking out truth and finding God. And they had to like prove that the Bible is true. Now, the Jews that are not from, they are not even asking questions. It's literally the generation of Andy de Lishol. Their question is, so where are you going for spring break? You know? Oh, you're going skiing? Well, we're going to Mexico. You know? It's, it's a question of, did you get the latest Tesla or not? It's not a, they're not even asking questions. God doesn't, Shabbos is not even on the agenda. It's not even, they're not even asking questions about truth. What do you do then? Run for your life. No, what do you have to say? Anyone have any answers? You have no idea. Your job, you have to figure out a way to draw in their appetite. One way is to role model. If they see the way that you're living your life and there's a certain peacefulness, a certain joy, that will grab their attention because they're, they're definitely spending a lot of money trying to find peace and joy. So if they see that you have it, and it's not because of your fancy car and your fancy clothing and your fancy vacations, they might be, that might actually be interesting. And, and, and as you grow older and they see your kids and your kids have respect for you, they're like, that is, that's a, that's that, that, whoa. Well, what's going on over there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is the end of today's class, and we'll continue in Mirza Shem tomorrow. What do you think about that?